Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, May 2nd edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Aris Kermani, and I'm joined by my guy, Ramiz, as we go through a bunch of game twos, when we talk about Miami, New York, or the start of what could be one of the more exciting series in the second round, a rematch between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. The rivalry renewed once again, LeBron Curry for what could potentially be the last time in a playoffs. Who knows, man? There's lots of variables out there, but we'll have to see what that looks like. But, wow. You know, we're recording this as always the uh, night before. And, holy, uh, Ramiz, I know you were watching as well. <laughs> Philly going into Boston without Joel Embiid. And my guy, James Harden, pulls out a career playoff high, tying 45, including the game winner, Bucket three, just disgusting. I was so hyped. The reason why this but this podcast is even starting at this point rather than slightly earlier in the day is just because I was out getting hyped with my friends for the last, like, hour. It's been my guy for years, and for him to do what he did tonight just always gets me going. And Boston's going to be really shook after this loss, and indeed with him hopefully being back game two, man, that's going to be it's gonna be wild. What would you think? What would you think of that game one? Bro, I was talking to you before. Like, I, I didn't tune in the beginning because I'm like, I think this is going to be a blowout for the Celtics, but uh, somehow the Sixers pulled it off. I mean, it, obviously Harden went off, but uh, you got 26 from Maxi. Mel, uh, Melton also contributed. Melton. So bench contribution was surprising too, but and Paul Reed survived as center against uh, the Robert Williams and Al Horford, so good for him. Yeah. Oh, man, Paul Reed has been awesome this entire year. And De'Anthony Melton, I've said it from the start of the year, that was the most underrated pickup of the year. Memphis was stupid to get rid of him, and he is just... To me, he's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. You get him coming off the bench, and he's just able to contribute, and he just did. Harden kept finding him, and Melton was able to knock down the shots he needed to, and he had a couple of clutch blocks down the stretch as well, which is epic. But, yeah, amazing game. Playoffs continue to be amazing. This Phoenix-Denver series is looking like a tight game here as well, though I think Denver is still going to continue to pull it out. But we have two games to talk about here, and we're already talking about Miami going into New York and pulling out an amazing game one on the back of our guy, Kyle Lowry, going ahead and putting out a vintage performance in the in the third and fourth quarter there, especially the fourth quarter where he brought out the offense and basically carried the team after Jimmy Butler went down with uh, his ankle injury. And it was just pretty much a non-factor for the last five, six minutes where he was just standing in the corner. So a lot to look forward to. And you can keep looking forward to it with us if you get onto sportsethos.com and get subscribed to the DFS Pass, where you can keep yourself up to date all the way up until lineup lock. You know, these playoffs just keep getting tighter. The matchups are going to be, you know, two games, maybe three game slates on uh, on some days if you get lucky, but mostly two game slates. So it's all about that little edge that you can get, that last change that can totally turn around your lineup over here and where you're going to be focusing. So definitely get on there, ask the pros on our Discord and keep yourself with the edge that you need to get ahead in DFS today. But let's get right into this matchup night over here with the first game of the night being the Miami Heat again back in New York. Game two coming off a wonderful game one victory, although they are dealing with some questionable statuses on their side. At the moment, we're looking at a 206 and a half game total. So definitely the lower of the two here. In fact, it's likely to be the lowest 
throughout the throughout the playoffs. <laughs> might be the whole playoffs here. Yeah. It's going to be super low. These are not offensively talented teams. Let's be honest here. But the Knicks are favored to win by six and a half here. So definitely Vegas is looking at a New York comeback to try and get themselves back into the series over here. As far as injuries are concerned, as mentioned before, Jimmy Butler questionable with his ankle. I would honestly be surprised if he doesn't play, but it's about the levels of effectiveness that he's going to end up having. And he definitely had a really bad ankle rolls for those who saw it. It's like pretty much like 90 degrees almost. It was a bad one. So you know, that next day is always where it swells up and it gets uh, a little bit more difficult to be able to really move off it. And especially if you're trying to make quick cuts, it's going to be hard, but that's there. Well, on the other side, the Knicks themselves are dealing with a bunch of questionable statuses as well. First of all, speaking of ankles, we have to see if Julius Randle's ankle is going to be good enough to get him back on the floor. Uh, they are hopeful that it's looking all right for him to be able to play, and he was able to get through practice. So we'll have to see what the confirmation there is. But the other one, which was, you know, we hadn't really heard about it up until really earlier today is that Jalen Brunson is also questionable also with his sore right ankle and I don't remember seeing anything specifically where his ankle got turned or all that but uh, we'll have to see what uh, that also means for their statuses but beyond that we're looking at a low game total here we're looking at some you know mid-tier value as far as picks are concerned so Ramiz who are you looking at in this game and in general what's your strategy for how you're looking at the uh, the matchup here well, it's honestly tough with the uh, obviously the questionable status of the stars of Jimmy Brunson Randall. Uh, but for the Miami, yeah, I think I, I really like my picks and uh, Lowry at 4900 and Max Struess at 4800. Uh, these are players who I think, with or without Jimmy Miller, are going to have huge uh, amounts of pressure on them to perform. And Lowry, I'm going off because of uh, I mean the experience. I mean he's been in that situation multiple times. And, uh, of course, Gabe Vincent was the one who uh, was hitting his threes tremendously well, but he is higher priced than these two individuals. So uh, I think Lowry can have a lot more of a uh, kind of cont- contribution towards uh, playmaking and assisting and getting Bam involved. And with Max Drews, just, you know, hopefully catching a, you know, a heat check type game because he didn't have one last game. And he can tend to kind of go off, so which I think at 4,800, I really like the upset on. And on the next side of things, uh, if – if both decide to play, I'm still going to go with Jalen Brunson at 8,400. I think Jalen Brunson is a huge... If he decides not to play, that's going to be a huge struggle for Knicks to really go on with their game plan because there's not really anybody on that team who can really kind of replicate or play his position. I mean, of course, you have D-Rose and quickly at 4,600. Uh, but uh, if Jalen Brunson decides to play, I like him at 8,400. And obviously, because they also need to win this game to well, tie the series up before they head back to Miami. Uh, so if the case Brunson doesn't play uh, quickly for 600 just to fill in the gap, because I think uh, he would probably get the majority of those minutes. Of course, D. Rose gets some shout too uh, to maybe get some backup point guard minutes, but mainly quickly would be my main uh, target. Hmm. And I also have Obi Toppin at 5,000 uh, on the basis that Randall doesn't play. He had a great game one, and uh, he was able to space the floor, get rebounds, uh, alley-oops. And uh, I, as long as he can do that, I feel like that would be just another great game for him. And then, of course, I got to shout out Mitchell Robinson at 5,600 because uh, this might be another pick where I like if Randall decides not to play because I think that allows him more freedom uh, because Randall does like to operate inside the paint. And I don't know how the matchups would refer if you want rather have Randall at the five. Uh, but Mitchell Robinson continues to have a pretty decent games at, I think, 28 to 20 DK fantasy points around that. And uh, I believe he can have a better game than the last one, just being a monster on the uh, offensive boards and Hopefully, helps the next win to the next next win game too. 
I don't know about hopefully. I don't want the Knicks to win anything, but <laughs> absolutely, I'm right there with you. Uh, you shouted out a lot of the same guys that I've been looking at here. On the Miami side, definitely Kyle Lowry was first and foremost there for me. I thought, plain and simple, he's too cheap for uh, what he's going to be required to do as the playoffs get deeper and deeper. It's clear that he has a very specific role in which uh, he's not going to play that many first half minutes, but he's heavily involved in the second half to be able to deal with kind of the key stretch moments of the game, especially in that fourth quarter. So he's absolutely going to get somewhere close to that 28 to 30 minute mark, just more of it being second half heavy. Totally fine with that. And uh, the other side that I was uh, potentially looking at, and this is more of a, uh, a GPP bomb than anything else, is I, I do expect that Duncan Robinson is going to continue to be more involved, as we saw in that Milwaukee series. They needed him to be able to be that kind of off-the-bench gunner that they were able to throw out there, see if he has a hot night. He unfortunately didn't in Game 1, which is why his minutes uh, were low, you know, shot 0-5 and was pulled there. But again, that's where that dart throw area comes in. I actually don't mind uh, taking that shot at 4,400 because you know if he has even a half-decent night, he's able to get into the mid-to-high 20s, which is excellent for where he's kind of sitting. And uh, the other side that, you know, people are likely going to be fading a little bit just because of how almost passive he looked in game one, but Bam Adebayo is absolutely going to have to be more aggressive in this series if the Heat are to continue to uh, put that pressure on the New York Knicks. He shot pretty well in the first game, but he just plain and simple needs to be able to put up more field goal attempts, which, again, going back to the level of effectiveness I expect Jimmy Butler to have, you know, Bam Adebayo is going to have to be more involved in the offense. He's going to have to take more of that uh, alpha scoring role, plain and simple. So for him to have uh, the upside that he has in general, where he can get into the 40s pretty comfortably when he has that varied sat line night that he is basically able to have on a night-in, night-out basis when he plays normally, 7,800 gives me a pretty good floor for me to be able to operate from. So definitely interested in that side. Uh, going over to the New York side, you spoke about the main ones, but if um, any either of the two of Brunson or Randall happen to be out for sure, I will have to take another shot at R.J. Barrett. I don't like ever taking a shot at R.J. Barrett, but if he's going to be putting up 20 shots a night, which he's going to likely have to do, he's not going to shoot many threes or be very good at that side of it, but he is getting those counting stats, and he was uh, helping facilitate that offense there as well. We saw that uh, much much more near the end of the regular season where he started to get uh, a lot more of those ball handling uh, responsibilities. He was getting closer to four and five assists a game pretty regularly uh, from March all the way up until kind of early April. And we saw that in that first game against Miami where he ended up with seven dimes as well. So if he's able to get a little bit of those um, ancillary stats to back up the fact that he's likely going to be somewhere in the low 20s as far as actual points are concerned, that gives him a pretty uh, solid floor, even though his price has gone up slightly from that uh, previous 5600 all the way up to 6600 here. So definitely in play. If we're talking cash games, by the way, I always like Josh Hart, just plain and simple. So if you're looking for a guy who's going to give you 5x on a pretty much night-in, night-out basis for his price tag, uh, you can definitely go with uh, Josh Hart to be able to kind of set up your lineups for what will likely be you putting in more money in that Lakers-Golden State game where all the big guns are. Moving right on to the next and final game of the night, which is absolutely a series that everyone is excited about. You know, Sacramento, hats off to them. I was, it almost, game script, I definitely said the series was going to go to seven, but I thought that Sacramento would be able to keep it closer all the way up until the end. But Steph Curry obviously had other ideas, putting up a monster night, 50 points, and uh, not making it fully the script that I had expected. So a little bit of a... Um, 
story time here for me because I think the Kings are taking very much the same route as the Raptors did when they made their big trades. If uh, people who followed basketball back then or are Raptor fans, remember Sacramento was the team that was involved in the trade with Rudy Gay that um, ended up bringing all those kind of bench pieces to Toronto and kind of started the whole We the North era, ended up winning 48 games, took Brooklyn to seven games in that first round series and lost on the final possession of the game. So I was like... Sacramento is very much in that same kind of scenario. We ended up with the exact same record as the Raptors of that year, 48 and 34 as well, and took a team that was the, a veteran championship team all the way up to seven games here. And I expected that Golden State would win, but it would have been like one of those last possession kind of games. But unfortunately, Curry is Curry, and that is what it is. But I think the Kings have a <laughs> the Kings have a lot to be excited about for their future. So looking forward to seeing how they kind of develop from here. But as far as the Lakers-Golden State game is concerned, a 228 total here with the Warriors favored to win by four and a half. So Vegas definitely giving the Warriors the early uh, advantage over here at home. As far as injuries are concerned, uh, nothing major here. We know those questionable statuses that are always there as far as the Lakers are concerned, but they always end up playing, which is both LeBron and AD. Usual suspects. Usual suspects. In fact, they're both listed as probable now, so I'm not even going to talk about it. They're both going to play. You know they're going to play, and they're going to be playing their full quota of minutes. They'll just keep putting themselves on the uh, injury list just to keep things interesting there. So talk to me here. Obviously, the more high-paced game of the night, a game that could potentially be closer of the two of the night, and also the game that has you know three guys that are in that kind of 10,000 range as far as price is concerned. So where is it that you are looking to get your team set up in the Lakers-Warriors matchup? Well, starting off the Lakers, uh, I need to see one game before I start going into the, the deep end with the LeBrons and Anthony Davises and stuff. So I decided to go with Austin Reeves, who I think uh, has been putting up some really great stat lines. I think he's, there's been times where he's just scored 12 points, but he's able to get six assists. And I think in this type of matchup where it's going to be a lot of pick and rolls, I think Austin Reeves is going to be needed, uh, regardless regardless of his offensive output, because uh, you expect a lot of screens, a lot of handoffs. And Reeves, who did an incredible job of keeping up with the John Moran, the Desmond Baines, I think he is kind of well prepared for this type of matchup. And then uh, I also have Dennis Schroeder at 3,700, uh, mainly because I don't think... I don't believe in the Andrew Russell going to be able to, is going to be able to guard uh, Steph, Jordan Poole, and uh, Clay Thompson constantly going off screens, and I feel like he might be, you know, having a tough time defensively, and that's where Schroeder may come in and take up a lot of those minutes, and uh, also be a player who might attack more uh, Curry and like kind of kind of have a more of a better game than he's had against the Memphis Grizzlies because he did struggle a lot, and so I do like him based on the defensive output you can get. And on the Warriors side, I think I, I went for uh, the guy who dropped 50, and that's Curry at 9,900. Uh, I think Curry coming off a game really just yesterday, as we're speaking, I think he has all the momentum to keep up that performance in uh, Chase Center. And then I also have Dream on at 6,500 because I think, uh, obviously, I, I would love to go for a player like Looney, uh, but it's also another, I kind of want to see what the Warriors kind of go with. Maybe Steve Kerr likes, uh, likes to run Dream on more at the five in the series to kind of counteract Anthony Davis. Or uh, maybe we do see Looney and Draymond play the four or five a lot more minutes. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the prediction that Draymond is going to have a lot more minutes at center position and just uh, obviously get some easy handoffs. Hopefully get his uh, an amazing triple single stat line like he always does and get into this higher uh, of DK points. Absolutely. No, you're, you're echoing a bunch of what I'm saying here, though I am going to go against what you're talking about with regards to D'Angelo Russell because I do think Ooh. that if the Lakers 
are to truly uh, be a team that can be a more varied offensive option, they need D'Angelo Russell to keep doing what he was doing near the end of that Memphis series over there, which is going to be taking a lot of those uh, kickouts that LeBron is going to be able to get here. The reality is the Warriors have continued to be pretty questionable in the paint over there. So LeBron is absolutely going to be looking to side into that area. Come on, Looney's going to have his hands full, absolutely trying to <laughs> go ahead and deal with any of that. But obviously he did well against the bonus. We'll see how he does against the AD and LeBron here. But I expect that D'Angelo Russell is going to get a lot of opportunities to get some cash and shoots going there. And plain and simple, he's going to be shooting anywhere between 15 to 17 times a game in and throughout the series. So, you know, for a guy who's sub 6,000, I think that's a lot of upside. Even in the games where he didn't do great against Memphis, he still found a way to get himself into the 30s pretty consistently over there. And really, it was just one, I would say, dud that we saw right at the beginning. And then after that, he picked it up pretty consistently there. So I like his um, his role, first of all, in the Lakers. I like the fact that they need his offense. And I like the fact that that team he is pretty much the best three-point shooter on that team outside of someone like a Malik Beasley coming in to catch and shoot. So it's just a situation where D'Angelo Russell is going to have to match the firepower that uh, is coming from out of there. And then, you know, if you believe in storylines, D'Angelo Russell obviously wasn't happy about the fact that uh, the Warriors decided to move away from him, right? He did like it there and all that is is in there as well. So a bit of revenge storyline. Who doesn't love a good revenge story? So... All, all of it being said, I do like D'Angelo Russell. And as far as the kind of expensive picks that we're talking about I'll, all between all three here, I'm going to go with LeBron. I'm going to go with LeBron between... Ooh, you're not going for uh, the LeBron-Fila game? That no, oh man, LeBron-Fila. There is no Fila when it comes to the Warriors. If anything, he is going to be looking for that one away victory early in this series. It's, it's one of those where he knows he can, if he can steal one, then he can get a little bit more where he's like, all right, I can hold home court, all of that. So he's going to have that one game right off the bat where he can try and assert some dominance and try to get a little bit of a mental edge on the Warriors, especially you know, given the storied rivalry, all of that here. So LeBron, who's going to have you know four days of rest coming into this game, is absolutely going to be raring to go. And 10,100, he's probably going to be the guy who I'm going to say has the highest kind of raw uh, DK points night of any of the guys there. So it's where I'm putting some of my chips. And the fact that uh, we already talked about so many of these guards in the uh, Miami-New York game that would be of interest, where I'm saving money, you know, Kyle, the Kyle Lowry's, the Gabe Vincent's, all of those, that means that my small forward position is nice and empty. So I'm going to go ahead and put uh, put my chips in with LeBron and, uh, and keep uh, expecting him to do what he's been doing. That being said, on the Warriors side, I'm right there with you on Draymond Green. He's likely going to be the guy I have most exposure with as far as the Warriors are concerned in general. Uh, he continues to be a guy who I can use in both cash and GPP lineups just given how rock solid his floor is and how he just continues to contribute across the stat sheet and just how strong he's been coming over the last really month and a half at this point now. So it's just one of those things where even if he has a down game, he's still finding a way to be somewhere close to 5x given his price tag. And then when he has what you expect him to have, he'll end up getting somewhere close to the 40. So altogether, just a lot that I like and uh, what he does. And you know, historically speaking, Draymond has had great games against the Lakers. So I continue to like uh, taking that opportunity there. And of course, Steph is Steph. If I have enough money saved up based on how my uh, how my lineups are looking, I absolutely want to slot him into my utility slot there. 9900 is an incredible price for a Steph Curry. And just there's, there's no two ways about it, man. If you can find a way to get Steph to go along with it, then it, uh, it absolutely will be where I am looking there. Any last thoughts from your side before we jump into the Thrive Fantasy side of things? 
Uh, well, just to mention, I think you went for LeBron, and I'm I'm going for Curry. So I guess uh, <laughs> next week we'll see who uh, who comes up with the victory. There you go. Well, I guess we have another head-to-head, though. Like I said, I'm going to be cheating a little bit, and I probably will have both LeBron and Curry in <laughs> my lineup. So it is what it is. Well, all right then. We jump right into the Thrive Fantasy side of things, where we're looking with uh, the props and see what it is that we're looking to jump right into. And there's a couple of them that uh, had me you know, really thinking about here. But again, I'm always looking for the juicier side of things. And I'm going to stay on brand with what I've been talking about so far. First and foremost, Draymond Green. Over six and a half assists to be able to get uh, 100 points to go over that. I absolutely like that. As I said, I continue to expect Draymond to not only be that facilitator for the Warriors, but also just continue to be that uh, huge factor off of Steph Curry, those those handoff screens, the the ability for him to be able to just uh, get a ball off of Steph Curry, off of Clay, all those guys push him off, find them in the corners. It's just one of those things that Draymond does so well. And the fact that he has now four straight games with seven or more assists just continues to give me that much more uh, confidence in that he's going to continue to do it in that Lakers game as well. While my second one is uh, sticking with LeBron. If I'm going with the fact that he is going to have the best DK points night of the entire uh, of the entire slate, then I absolutely expect him to go over 42 and a half as far as uh, points, rebounds, and assists are concerned. So I'm going to say that he's likely going to end up anywhere between 30 to 32 actual points. So for him to get his uh, rebounds and assists to be able to make that, I expect that he will clear this pretty comfortably, and you can uh, lock that in and take it to the bank. Uh, well, I got a total of four picks, so... Uh, yeah, oh, so, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident, too. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Mitch Robinson, uh, over 18.5 total points rebounds. I think last game he had, like, what, seven points and 14 rebounds? So I don't think this is really a hard of a stat line for Mitch Robinson to really achieve. As, uh, of course, if Julius Randle decides not to play, I think this also plays a fact in him getting that. And so I think a uh, pretty easy one to get, and you get 110 points. Uh, another one is, of course, the Draymond one you already mentioned. I'm not going to speak too much about it, but uh, I feel like he's going to get a bunch load of minutes and he's going to continue to do what he does best, which is uh, doing the handoffs, uh, finding Curry, finding Clay, finding Poole, and Looney to get some easy buckets. And then uh, I'm going to also go with one of my other picks that I mentioned in uh, DraftKings pick, and that's Steph over 33.5 total points for 120 points. Steph has been a monster offensively. Uh, I believe in the past few games he's been averaging more than 30 or uh, at 30 points. So I think at 33 half total points, I think that shouldn't be too problem, too much of a problem at home, especially against the Lakers. And then uh, I'm going for uh, kind of, I feel like one pick that you might disagree with me on, and that's uh, under 21 and a half total points and assists for D'Angelo Russell, because I think I think he's going to struggle defensively. And I think that mm-hmm. the shorter might get a huge chunk of minutes where D'Angelo Russell, which may may be able to get that stat line, but I don't think he'll be getting that enough minutes to really get those numbers. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, so that's another <laughs> one we can talk about on the next one there. But the uh, other one that I did have on my list was me sticking with the fact that I expect Jimmy Butler is going to be more of a kind of decoy facilitator in this game as he continues to kind of try and work through what could be, I said, not a great uh, not a great look as far as his ankle is concerned. So I don't know if he's putting up 25 points in this game. I'm going to go with the under on that one, 105 points for him to go below that uh, 24 and a half. And, you know, if he, if he wants to prove me wrong and continue to do Jimmy Buckets things, I'll have to take it on the chin. But uh, I feel pretty good that uh, he's likely not going to be as effective in this one. Miami did what they needed to do. They stole one in at the Garden. And uh, Jimmy can now focus on getting himself 100% for those games at home. 
But that brings us to the end of what could be a pretty fun two-game slate. These playoffs continue to be absolutely awesome. And the second round is shaping up to be one of the better ones in recent history. That parody that this uh, year has brought has just been crazy. No one still knows where things are going to go. And uh, the playoffs are continuing to be very exciting because of that. And as always, you can talk to me about what the playoffs are going to be for you, where your mindset has been, and uh, whether you think... On the Steph Curry versus LeBron debate, who's going to be the better DK points guy? Who's going to be the better performer in the series? And, of course, who's winning the actual series, man? Because, I, I honestly, it's a bit of a toss-up. I might uh, go a little bit towards the Warriors overall, but uh, let's let's see how that ends up. But you can catch me on Twitter to talk about that, at HK underscore Devil. And, of course, Ramiz, who will always have the other side of things. Where can they find you? What is your handle? Uh, they can also find me at Twitter. That'll be spelled at uh, two nights. That'll be spelled T O zero underscore nice underscore. All right. Well, we'll see who's too nice with it on the last <laughs> game Ooh. of the night over there. But until then, wish you all the best of luck. Enjoy the rest of your uh, rest of your night. Hope you guys have enjoyed the playoffs as well. And let's take down some GPPs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.